It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Booyah. Here we are. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Let's it's go. A, are we going to do a half hour about grass versus AstroTurf? Let's do it now. You ready? No, <laughs> we are not going to do that. Why in the hell would we I'm do kidding. that? Are sure. <laughs> you talking about Aaron Rodgers' injury last night? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I did see Joe Thomas tweeted something about that or retweeted something yeah. about that. David, what is it? Baca- what's his name? Bakhtiar. His old teammate in Green Bay. Yeah, the tackle. Had said that he blames it on the turf. I don't know Jet season is over. See ya. Thanks for trying. Yeah, wow. But you know what? Before we throw shovels of dirt on them, let's just – this team now – their defense is Browns-like to me. Their it defense, is. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's been there. It was so like that their last defense. Year. Let's see how far their defense can carry them with a with a uh, with a really yeah, inferior I, quarterback. I think they'll they're, you know, they're, they're in great shape for a nice six seven win season with that defense. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll see. What's, what's the area code? We'll what's the area code where the Jets play? Uh, well, they're in New two, Jersey. Two one, well, well, they're in New Jersey. Oh, two one. We're gonna yeah. do a Hunger Game style two one two with Aaron Rodgers jer- jersey up there. They put yeah. it in District two one two. We're gonna raise you to the sky like in Hunger yeah. Games. You are now eliminated. Wasn't that one of the most Jets things Doo-doo. ever? Yeah, that's crazy. We say that with the Browns, but the Jets he, had, are- he has zero passing yards in his career with yeah. the New York Jets. Well, assuming he doesn't play next year, which I think well, is yeah, I mean, coming back from the yeah, yeah, yeah. Age, at his yeah. age, it's Tough. highly unlikely, guys. Yeah, you yeah. see that. We look. may have seen the last of Aaron Rodgers. Did you yeah. see it was draft King? Post this, not draft kings. Uh, yes, the, the fantasy thing. yards. Oh my god! And and and, and nobody oh hit. Oh my god! Right. Their Fantas- under the was fantasy- a half a passing yard. I, I have some guy, a guy that <laughs> in a similar vein. A friend of mine was in a f- fantasy league. He only needed a half a point. Yeah, from wow. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, a half a point. That was it. Which means wow. I think he only needed like uh, three passing yards, and he lost. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I looked at this. If you, you, if you've ever torn a, a ligament on your lower body, I've torn my Achilles heel. I've torn both you've my torn Achilles. 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 I didn't know you tore. I've torn my Achilles heel. Oh, that's I, a nightmare. I've torn. Yeah. I partially, I partially tore it. I, I got yeah. married in a, in a boot. Oh my goodness. So yeah, hey, listen. The <laughs> crazy part is when you get that look in your face as a grown man. Did it feel like you got kicked in the back of your leg? Nah. I thought just, I got. Sh- well, you didn't have. Did you? Have, you didn't have a full tear. The complete no, tear is supposed to be. I had a full tear. I was playing basketball. Believe it or That's not. What everybody. That's the last time I played basketball. Daryl Ryder and I kind of like collided a little bit. Darryl, and that was it. And I thought I got shot in the leg. Yeah, I've talked to guys. I've been on the field with a guy that tore yeah. it, and he said it felt like somebody hit me in the back. Yeah, of that. yeah that's what they said. It is officially official, by the way. Yes. He's Tom out. Pelissero just tweeted complete and full yeah, tear. That's it. Of yeah, his I figured. Achilles. That's, that's officially wow. official. Aaron Rodgers. Wow. Yikes. By the way, well, hey. And I mean, he took that massive it, pay cut for him, too, didn't he? Who did? Aaron yeah, Rodgers? Yeah. I don't think it was a massive no. pay cut. He, it was, I thought he, he left like 70. I think, I think his kids will eat. I, I yeah, don't feel badly <laughs> By the way, real quick <laughs> before we officially <laughs> kids that we know of. Yeah, right. Yeah, before we officially start the show, there's something I was going to tell you guys right before the show, but yeah. I'll tell you on air. It's take us 10 seconds. So yesterday, uh, the Cubs called up a kid, their top prospect named Pete Crow Armstrong, right? I haven't heard of 20 him. 20-year-old kid. He's a top 20 prospect. Okay. They got him for the Mets for Javi Baez. So he played there for two months. Great trade. All right, called called up, made his major league debut as a pinch runner and whatever, and then he got a sack bunt, actually, in his first at-bat. But the reason I bring it up is because in real his real-life mother is the was the mom. Do you remember the movie Little Big League where the kid is, yes. becomes the owner of the Twins? I do. His I do. mom in that movie is this guy's actual mom. Oh, my God. So she played the, the, the mom, mom of a... Of a uh, <laughs> Kid who, became, kid who became a manager. Right. Uh, and now her real life kids in Major League wow, Baseball. Wow, that's, that's kind that of funny. Yeah, very wild. Uh, Busy show today. Uh, I told, the last thing I said to Tyvis before we started the show, we're on a big roll. Don't screw this up. Uh, Don't screw this up. It wouldn't be because of me. You but know? we're glad to have you back. <laughs> He's going to break down some plays, as he always does. Coach Ty back in the building. Uh, Mary Kate Cabot's going to be here. Also, Cameron Wolf of the NFL Network. I've been a fan of his work for some time. Uh, he was formerly at ESPN. Now he's been at the NFL Network for the last couple of years, I think. Yeah. Uh, DJ Hazmat has his video, his his inaugural 2023 Browns video, yep. hot off the presses. You'll see the world debut right here later on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. We're huge fans of oh, DJ yeah. Hazmat. His work is incredible. He's such a talented guy. Thrilled to have him here. Also, Mikey's going to tell us the top five things we probably missed Sunday from the NFL while we were all going nuts over the Browns victory. <laughs> We don't miss mm. anything, Mike. We've seen it all. But it, if you want to go through with this crazy little deal, we'll, we'll humor you. It's and not our first for good, you guys. Good morning people, of the day to you. The people out there who were so locked into the Browns' utter domination. <laughs> Got it. Maybe you were at the game. Maybe you were at the game. Maybe you missed it. But it's the five best things that happened on Sunday that you may or may not have seen. And before we dive into our first topic today, guys, I do want to <laughs> remind everybody that if you need Browns gear for the upcoming season, for anything, frankly – you got to go to fanatics.com slash UCSS. Use that link on your screen, fanatics.com slash UCSS, to get your Browns gear. We get a little kickback on the back end. It is all the fantastic gear you can find on Fanatics, and then you help us out at the same time. So if you're shopping for Browns gear, if you're shopping for presents for the Christmas season, the holiday season, you better be using that link, fanatics.com slash UCSS. We appreciate that, it. Jay, By the way, kickback is it. usually used to describe something that's like shady or illegal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think <laughs> we say, let's just say yeah. we get a cut. A cut. We get a cut. And we, and we can't say rebate either. It's not shady. Though. Now, I, I will it's say, I was with Mike when he cut this deal. <laughs> yeah. 3 a.m. 
on Superior Avenue downtown <laughs> right. in an alley, and there was a lot of shade going around. That's I'm not true. sure that this isn't shady, but uh, yeah. go ahead and use that link. We appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, Mike, everything good behind the glass? Everybody good back there? We ready to go? Everything's good, yeah. Uh, we're also going to do Coach Tyvis's tomorrow. But we're doing PFF grades versus the eye test. Hey, Mike. Oh, okay. Tomorrow is Coach. Tomorrow's Coach. We got three right. guests today. That's right. We get Tyvis Tuesday and Wednesday. Tuesday and Wednesday during Isn't football it? season. Isn't so Coach Tyvis will know. be tomorrow. No, wow. Are we ever? We gonna bring back true or false? Because you know Jay is yeah, here. We do need know? that. Oh back. yes. True we haven't done that. It is already made and ready for tomorrow. Oh yes. Yes. It's within my reach. Oh, you ain't here tomorrow. Dang it. Wait, who's not here tomorrow? Yeah. They all tomorrow. Damn. Okay. Yeah, well. All right. Well, Bull, okay. Hey, Bull, we'll play with Bull after the show yeah, today, be, and we'll yeah. supplant his answers in right, via soundbite. Very good. Uh, we're going to dive in, uh, and we look ahead now to Monday. We, we Victory Monday was yesterday. We celebrated the big win. The Nats are buzzing all over Tyvis <laughs> Did today. you see that? All over <laughs> Tyvis. Can we get a mint for Tyvis? It's just once. <laughs> it's, it, and it refuses It was here yesterday. It was buzzing your tower yesterday. Yeah, it would not leave me alone. <laughs> it's a little gnat. It's, it's like a fruit fly. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's, just, a, it's a dark thing. All right, whoever thing, kills him holds the belt for the day. <laughs> so it's a dark thing, G. Don't worry yeah, about man. it. All right. Um, let's, let's dive in. We can add to this conversation, and I don't know if you want to do this as a marriage package. I think we should. Because now we knew yesterday that Cam Hayward ruled out for Monday night's game against the Browns. That in and of itself is a big difference maker. Obviously, he supports the defensive front. He helps T.J. Watt put pressure on opposing quarterbacks. I felt just this move on its own was a big, big deal for this football game. We'll talk about what that means and how that impacts Monday night. But also now, we can throw onto that the fact that Deontay Johnson... One of the Steelers' top wide receivers is also out for Sunday's game. He was hurt in the loss to the Niners, or to Monday night's game. He was hurt uh, versus the Niners on Sunday. Mm. Guys, I don't know if you want to package deal this. Yeah, bowl. no doubt. Do you want to go together? Do you want to go No, it's a huge deal. I, this I, is massive This is a big mind. deal. I mean, outside, like, I, I, I'm not high on Kenny Pickett, but just still, the quarterback's obviously the biggest loss when you lose a quarterback. But outside of losing your quarterback, and in their case, T.J. Watt, I mean, those are two of the – like, if you, had, if you had to say, like, the top six players that the Steelers could afford to lose, not afford to lose, those would be two of the top six I guys, would agree with that. Right? Yeah. You, you'd put Watt. You'd put – again, even if you don't love the quarterback, which I don't, you, know, you never want to lose your starting quarterback. Uh, probably Minka Fitzpatrick. But that's about it. Right. I mean, you know, those are two of their most important players. I would say Deontay – I know people are high on George Pickens, <laughs> but as of today, Deontay Johnson is their most accomplished – Offensive player. I don't. It's not even debatable. I think most would would agree that Pickens has a bigger upside. Yes. Ultimately, sure. But but right now, and you know, through he's only played one year, right. and Deontay Johnson's been their main guy the next last couple of years. And then defensively, uh, I'll be curious to see if it if it like JJ Watt playing without Cam Hayward. Like TJ. how much does that TJ uh, Watt? Sorry, playing without Cam Hayward. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. Uh, so I think these staff. are. Pre- I already thought I was already heavily leaning towards the Browns winning this game, and obviously now I'm if, leaning even if more. If you were setting a line, bull, would this move the line? These a two little injuries? bit, a little bit, a yeah, point, maybe. Yeah, I think so. But especially between the two of them, point. Do we maybe. know what Vegas has done with the line I, today? I didn't look at it this morning. Mike, maybe I'll, we t- can I'll take tell you right look. now. Give me twenty okay. seconds. I, I saw it at one and a half. It yesterday was one and a half morning. yesterday. I saw that as well. I, it, it's they don't like to go to three. Three is a big barrier to cross. Yeah. It's two now. Two so right. up, it already so changed a half. half. Point. I bet you it goes to at least two and a half before the game starts. Interesting. Tyvis? Yeah. I mean, losing Cam Hayward, first of all, especially going up against the Browns, the Browns have Nick Chubb. 
And Cam Hayward was had a great career stopping the run. So yeah. now you're telling me you're going to lose your best one of your best run stoppers. Yeah, that's that's a big loss for them because now it opens up the pass and the run game with the Steelers. At least they were always good at doing something, shutting down one of the two, the pass or the run game. Cam Hayward's not in there. T.J. Watt might struggle a little bit. Uh, obviously, he's going up against Dewan Jones. We'll see what, what big Thanos can do. Go Bucks. Um, but. Yeah, that one scares me a lot for them. As far as the offense goes, Deontay Johnson, he, although last year he didn't score, he went the whole season and didn't score which any touchdowns. Yeah, but he still was very productive as winning one-on-ones and getting them down the field. He just didn't get scored in the red zone. So Kenny Pickett will struggle a little bit because that's his guy. You know, that's a guy yeah. that I can count on. George Pickens makes the big plays. He makes the fancy one-hand catches and the big-time catches. Right. But to get down the field, if the right. game is on the line, I know that Deontay Johnson is the guy that I'm going to be looking for because he wins more times than not in his one-on-one situation. So it's a big deal for Pittsburgh. It's a good thing for the Browns. I mean, two, another division game to go up 2-0 in the division. It's hard to do, especially in this division. They got a chance to do something special and be 2-0 and in the conference would even be even more incredible. I'm always so nervous when folks start putting something in the dub column before the game is played. I you don't know? think anybody thinks this is a guarantee. Not at all. The NFL. No, but I've heard a lot of fans yesterday saying, well, hey, you know, this, we should start 2-0. We should, but, you know, yeah. I know now. In the meantime, G. Bush had announced as soon as Johnson was hurt that he is going exclusively on a liquid Kool-Aid diet this week. That's right. <laughs> all he's drinking. This and he's counting his packets right now. Is that a blueberry? That's a there? record number Man, of packets this in is, one You, know, you got to mix them all. It's just so many cards. You got so to mix it's, them all. There's so many different ways. You go, I think that you, that is a crazy combination like, if you just throw like, them all, all in one might, pitcher. If, if they, I wonder what that would taste like. I might, if, I might do this for y'all. I might do this for y'all. If the Browns win by 21 or more, oh my oh, goodness, no. I will take the Kool-Aid pack and pound it by itself. Just the powder. <laughs> Just the powder. Well, that can't Dude, be good. You might literally go into a sugar cone. Yeah, I tell that, you that what. can't be great. I tell you what. Actually, I don't want to see you do no, that. No, 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 no. Actually, there's no sugar in it. Listen. Really? Oh, it's the fake stuff. It's the sugar that gets you to put, to put, put yeah, in. Yeah, that's why they say you got to put Oh, yeah, you're right. Is. That's just the flavoring. You're oh, right. That's you're what right. gets you. Yeah, you only need about eight cups of sugar yeah. for yeah, a pitcher of Kool-Aid. But, but, I t- but I tell you what. Look, I even got the – who got this one? The Blue Raspberry Lemonade. Shout out to the Kool-Aid game, by the way. Hey, man, people was hitting me up. And you almost crashed my site last night. How many shirts did you sell? Man, I had... He almost crashed. For real, I don't have that much traffic like that. There's like two, three hundred people in there at once. I was like, calm down. The order will go through. You just got to wait for a second. So, no, I showed... we want to show the Kool-Aid shirt one more time? I had people asking me about this yesterday. They said, is this a real thing? Yes. You have a shirt with that logo? Yes. I'm buying buying it. And G's? Is it still available? Yes. Is it the same material as the other shirts you've you've given us? Yes. So G has, has given us all, generously given us all, a bunch of his swag. And it's quality. And it's all quality stuff. In fact, I don't know if I think I've said this. The brown, I, there's one shirt that you gave me. It's a brown t-shirt that's a, with the gold That's a gold panda. That's, that's it's a, my favorite shirt. I wear it around the house like five times a week. Wow. I, it's, I'm screwing it up because I'm watching I, it. So I, right. I didn't get a, that. I didn't get that. It's a one, it's a one of one. 20. It's the most comfortable is, is this, t-shirt. Is this Kool-Aid? It's the most comfortable t-shirt I've ever worn. Is this Kool-Aid going on hoodies too? Yes. Yes, yeah. I need the one. Well, going, I got the, I'll be sporting the panda it, hoodie it, everywhere. And, and it, <laughs> it comes in black, and it comes in a tropical blue color. 
I can't, uh, I can't do the blue, G. but Bush, I can do the black. You really are the master of marketing. <laughs> yeah. You really are, bro. You are the master of marketing. <laughs> you, it was funny. My mom called me. She said, uh, yeah, I was on the chat. I was in the chat. I'll be, I'll be able relegating. And somebody said that they need those Kool-Aid. I think you need to talk to an artist today. Usually when she <laughs> says, I think you need to do something, that means you should do it probably now. Yeah, so it should have been done. Right. Yeah, yeah, like you was like, yeah, you've been talking about it. You might as well get. It. So I went on. I called. I went on. I went and got my one. My guy said, "Listen, I need a Kool Aid guy, but I need the pole here. But I need it. I can't be the direct Kool Aid. Put me some and put me some swag on it." He sent it back to me. He he sent it back to me. Twenty five minutes. Where can I buy this hoodie? I will give you the link. I will put that. Matter of <laughs> fact, we need tell tell everybody. Yeah. We need and, the link. And are the, are <laughs> the people making link. it older than ten years old? Uh, the, uh, my my shops are right here in oh, North good. Carolina. <laughs> Okay, good. good. I'm, no, my, I, listen. Yeah, then I I'm listen. all in. I, I just don't want to support Chuck. <laughs> at least there'll be at least in 14 Thailand, in my, joint, my joints get drop shit from North Carolina, so all right. you'll be all right. All right, so. very good. By you see way, how conscious I am? American-made, like American-built, uh, G-Bush, fifth dimension media. Unlike most of the giant companies <laughs> in America that are sapping off our tax money and the... Yes. G-Bush just sent us the link. We'll put it in the YouTube chat. We'll also tweet it out, so if you want your G-Bush... Uh, Kool-Aid Mafia merch. We will make sure you guys Let's get that. Let's do it. That. By the yeah. way, getting back to, back to Hay- football Hayward, here. Though. Oh, getting yeah, back shoot. to football here, Mike. I think a big deal with Cam Hayward being out is you just mentioned Dewan Jones is going to have to deal with, with T.J. Watt. Yep. I was about to say J.J. again. And if you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Obviously, you know, you're going to – I don't care how big he is, how well he's played, you're going to struggle with But because Cam Hayward's out, now Wyatt Teller can help out more than he could have normally if he was playing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, sure. like, yeah. it, you take out their best interior defender, well, the guard doesn't have to worry as much about the tackle and can help out a little more – on the well, end. Well, I think Kevin Stefanski is going to learn from what happened with the James Hudson thing. I, Let's I, hope if, so. If David uh, Njoku, because he did not learn yeah, in the course of the game, and if, it was repetitive. If, one if, after if David after Njoku another. isn't on that side or the running back ain't chipping on that side, then something – that's just a terrible job. But you got to give Kevin Stefanski some credit. I mean – It's not Kevin Stefanski. It's Jim Schwartz. What are you talking about? Oh, I'm the offense. No, no. no it's, it's Alex Van Pelt and Kevin I was thinking defense. I'm like, wait. My bad. Did we, did we <laughs> elevate Schwartz to no. the offensive coordinator too? So, but you got You got to give Kevin Stefanski some credit. Just from one game this season, yeah. he took his game plan and scrapped it in the middle of a game. He did. Last year, he would have he would have died on the hill. We, this is what we said we're yep. going to do. We're going to do it. Well, that's what you gotta happened give against him, New Orleans you last gotta, year. Exactly. You got to give him credit for that, and you got to give him credit for the first time they went in at halftime and made something called adjustments. Yeah. And the players came out in the second half and handled it unbelievably. It was, it was like a whole new game plan when they came out in the second half. We didn't see that offensively or defensively last year. Especially so this, defensively. So I – 
I give them credit for doing that. Kevin Stefanski is still a young head coach. He's still learning. And last year, he had to go through it. This team went through it. And now they're a better team because of it. They was able to make these checks and adjustments. And Zach Taylor, I'm listening. I've been watching a lot of Bengals content. I was listening to Locked on Bengals. And, uh, you know, James Rapine talked about it. Hey, one of the problems they had with Zach Taylor was, look, if you guys are going to come out here, what are you doing when Joe is not having his best game? Obviously, he looked a little gimpy. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it was wet. They didn't know that it was going to be like that. They weren't prepared for it. But what are we, can you get a pass here or, or some maybe lean on a running game or not throw so many 50-50 balls to guys that, you know, usually catch those, but it was raining. And so I will give Stefanski that credit because I, I just thought he adjusted more than, than what, what Zach Taylor did and said, okay, well, let me go to my run package. Now, in this game, when you talk about all them dudes being out, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh. I'm sorry I had to, we had to do it to you. You're not um, sorry. Don't be sorry. But uh, it, we, oh, for all them people that had, had jog, finishing ahead of us, you guys are going to feel the full brunt of the fact that you just don't have the same ball players we do. You, you just are. He don't want to jinx it. He don't want to jinx it. It's okay, Jay. You can step Steelers, out on it. You know what the Steelers are? They're Jason from Friday the 13th. <laughs> they, they are. Yeah, they just keep you going. thought that Jason was dead when they put the pickaxe in his forehead. Right. You thought it was over. I thought it was done. Yeah. You thought, here come the rolling credits. Then all of a sudden you hear, jing, jing, jing. <laughs> and here comes Jason out of the barn yeah. with the pickaxe stuck in his forehead. Yeah. He's got a double barrel shotgun. Yeah, I don't kick dirt on these guys, and I, I just never, ever declare them dead or but out. But they're also Jason from Friday the 13th in terms of they're boring and nobody really cares anymore. They're a mediocre the, team. They don't do anything. They haven't won a would, playoff game in years. I wouldn't say they're mediocre. They're, oh. They've been the definition of mediocrity. <laughs> yeah. the they well, still they finish it on 500, they, so that's make not the playoffs. They just don't make the, noise. They didn't make the, the playoffs playoff. last year. The, we've all seen people that have a reputation. They're not giving Steelers. Y'all yeah. got a tr- tr- tremendous reputation. You, your, your foundation of what you guys used to do is brilliant. But guess what? Like today... Okay, you got T.J. White. You you miss it, Hayward. Good luck in the middle with so the three it, it guys that we got like in the middle. It sounds like this is Pittsburgh R.I.P. No, no, no. See this? I mean, no, that's what I I'm hearing. He's talking about past tense. <laughs> Pittsburgh, which y'all used to be, was great. But There's no excuse for the Browns losing this game. Okay, let's let's make fun of Mikey for a second. Because yeah. <laughs> when when you got when you put this question on the rundown, I know that you got to put questions to spur conversation. But you actually put on there, is this a must-win for Cleveland? That's absurd. I mean, it's just absurd. <laughs> Listen, I know Mikey, it's we love you. Question. What? Mike loves asking that question wait, every week. Wait, so, <laughs> so, so this it's is, a question the fans are asking. It's a question we could ask what? our next guest this because is, we have a guest we have to bring in here. What fan is asking, is this a must-win for Cleveland? It's ridiculous. Nobody. There's no such thing as must-wins in No, there two. is a th- such thing. No. Playoff games or <laughs> no, elimination games. Oh, in week two. two. You're yeah, right. Yeah. It can't be a must-win. No. It's week two. No. All right. Uh, you mentioned our next guest. and uh, We'll bring him in, but i got a fast read first. Okay, go ahead. Do your read. fast read. Yeah. If you guys... Did not catch the barbershop yesterday with G. Bush. It has over 15,000 combined views in less than a day. G. Bush, after the shows on Mondays and Wednesdays here, he goes on his own YouTube channel or on his own platform. Stream through UCSS, and you get more content from the Kool-Aid Mafia King himself. Now, is that a UCSS one, show? The only, yeah. the G. Bush. He does Y'all a post-game show with us after the game. Then he does his own post-game show. Y'all get all the views. That's all we care about. That's all they that care about. the barbershop with G. Bush. Make sure you guys go check it out. And with that, let's welcome in our next guest. He was in Cleveland this weekend for the Browns-Bengals game. He covers the NFL nationally for NFL Network. It is Cameron Wolf. What's up, Cam? What's good? How y'all feeling? 
Cameron, what's up, man? Listen, uh, by the way, big fan of your work. I remember when you were at ESPN. I also been watching you at the NFL Network. You do a great job. You were Appreciate here for you. the game. What's you, what was your headline takeaway from it? Oh, wow. The Browns' defense looks a lot different than I last remember. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good takeaway. That was it. I mean, uh, obviously, Joe Burrow had some rust. The weather was was rougher than either coaching styles um, thought it would be. But watching Jim Schwartz kind of lead this defense and uh, seeing them play games with them up front with their pass rush, those cornerbacks seem to have the Bengals number. Uh, it makes me think that maybe we should rethink the AFC North and the Browns have a better chance than people think uh, if they can keep this up. You're buying that after one week? Do you think that's overreactionary? No, I don't think it's overreactionary. I, I think that the you know the question I would have with the Browns is their offense still. I don't know if we saw enough from, from Deshaun Watson and the offense to make me feel like, oh, well, everything's fixed. But that defense, which I think underachieved last year, I think they definitely should be much improved. That's not an overreaction. I saw enough to make me feel like that'll be, uh, that'll be one of the better defenses we see this year. Cam, do you think that the weather elements is the reason why that that offense was like that? And if if it wasn't for the weather, did you see enough, you know, from just schematically and players that was open and some of the missed throws? Do you think that that is enough to say that this is going to be a good offense? Yeah, the, the weather definitely was a factor. It was weird. I was on the field in pregame and I was talking to coaches on both sides and I asked them about the weather because it was just misting. And they were like, ah, it's not going to be a factor. It's not going to be a factor, you know. And then all of a sudden the lake effect comes through and it's like constant, constant rain. The ball was heavy. I think you saw Zach Taylor say it was the biggest rain game he had in 10 years. Um, it definitely affected both quarterbacks, Watson and Burrow. So I think you'll see them both better next week because of it. Um, but what's interesting to me about like Deshaun is you, you've heard all offseason Kevin Stefanski talking about how he's catering the offense around Watson, right? I was watching at times in the game, and it still felt like they were adjusting to each other. You know, Stefanski to Watson, Watson and to the rest of the guys. He wants to scramble. He wants to buy time. Amari Cooper is very much a technician, and so sometimes I could feel like Amari was expecting the ball at a certain time and Deshaun was buying time. So I'm eager to see how that works out through time. Um, right now, I haven't seen enough to make me feel like, oh, you know, Watson's back. But again, the weather is just week one. I think we still have plenty of time. So what would you say to the Browns fan that is nervous that Watson has not played at a high level through seven games in Cleveland? I would say there's reason to be nervous. I mean, he hasn't. That's the reality. Like, I'm, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, Watson has not looked like the guy they paid for. And so we're waiting to see if he turns into that guy. I can tell you the coaches believe he will, but I haven't seen anything that gives me anything firm. Um, that being said, you, you have Nick Chubb. You have that defense. It makes it easier on Deshaun. It takes some pressure off of him. He doesn't have to be the reason they win games every week. Um, but I do think you'll see a lot of this early, what you saw Sunday, which legs mixed with Nick Chubb's legs may be the biggest reason they have success on offense. Mm. Now, Cam, you know, you was on there on the field, and uh, we talk about Jim Schwartz. We talk about what the defense looks like. Have you ever seen a stand-up defensive tackle, <laughs> middle linebacker, point guard, dribbling through his legs, looking to create and rush the passer at the same time? Nah, he looked like KD out there. He was, he was <laughs> and the crazy thing about that play, and I don't know if people realized it when it went viral, that was the sixth play of the game. 
that's not like this is the fourth quarter and you know they done beat up on him in a while and Miles yeah. starting to feel himself and you no know, this is the sixth play of the game they knew pretty early on that they were gonna have their way and the Bengals did not react uh, and adjust at all like I think there was four or five plays that Miles Garrett was at that inside linebacker position and every single time he got inside and caused pressure or got a sack and so uh, yeah Miles is feeling himself. I think it helps that he's got some buddies now with Darius Smith and Oboe and Dalvin Thompson. That depth of the defensive line uh, is going to be hard to stop. Um, but, yeah, that's fun, man. That, that is a fun play. And you know what I, I wish I had a, a eyeball on? I wish I had an eyeball in the film room, the Bengals mm. film room, the day after the game when they're talking <laughs> to the about this play. And it's like, what are you thinking here, Ted Karras, the center? What are you thinking here um, as, as Miles like, is ripping past you? Um, this dude is a one-of-a-kind player, and uh, he should once again be a heavy favorite for defense player of the year. Cam, top end for this defense. What's what's the ceiling for them? How good can they be? Yeah, they could be a top ten defense. Um, I think that's I think that's probably realistic. Uh, I think top five is is obviously the lofty goal, but I think top ten, given where they were last year, I think they were somewhere in the twenties last year, would be a big jump. I, I love their young corners. Um, and one guy who probably doesn't get enough acclaim is is Martin Emerson, and you guys know him, but I think a lot of people in the national landscape don't. And just watching him and a lot of his battles with T. Higgins yesterday, T. Higgins had zero catches on eight targets. Like I have not seen people do T. T. Higgins like Martin Emerson did T. Higgins. And I, I think because of those corners, along with the pass rushers I have, it's hard to beat a team that has three really good corners and three-plus pass rushers. So I think they can be a top-10 unit. Jim's going to be aggressive. Uh, I talked to Oboe in the locker room, and he gave me probably my favorite quote of the year so far when I asked him about their scheme. And he said, seatbelts off. we got to get off the rock, and we shoot first and ask questions later. I, I like that style of defense. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I think that uh, the Browns are going to have fun. Uh, the Browns fans are going to have fun watching this all year. Cam, when you seen this Pittsburgh and San Francisco score, I don't know if you got a chance to go back and watch it, but what do you think was the downfall in that game to lead to San Francisco being so dominant against Pittsburgh? And I think it was in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not preseason anymore, Kenny Pickett. I'll be real with you. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I saw the Steelers in preseason. And they look really good. And so people were asking me, and I'm like, okay, the Steelers might be that offense. And then week one happened. And I think Pickett was talking about it after the game. And he said the 49ers defense is uh, a little bit better than the defenses we played in the preseason. And that was his big takeaway. Um, I, I think the Steelers are are in an interesting spot because you you see Cam Hayward already got hurt. And I saw you guys talking about that before I came on. Deontay Johnson got hurt. And you get in a situation where you could fall in a hole early, and it's hard to get out of a hole in this AFC North, given how competitive it is. Um, so Sam Fran, we already knew, was going to be a contender. And they came back. They paid Nick Boza. That defense is elite. Um, but I think it was very troublesome to see the Steelers, particularly their offense, not be able to have any luck um, moving the ball. They weren't able to run the ball. Najee Harris is supposed to be the guy in this backfield, but I haven't seen anything from him at all as a pro that gives me confidence. Uh, that he can lead a, a top-end rushing attack. So, Browns trending up, Steelers trending down. I agree with you on Najee. I, I feel the same way about him that I did about Trent Richardson. Like, a lot of hype coming in. Everybody thought he was really good. He's not been any good. He, he's helped you in your fantasy team because because they give him a lot of touches, but he doesn't do much yeah. with him. 
So I don't know. But I'll tell you a guy, I, I, I wanted to get Cam I wanted to get back to the Browns defense because yep. Grant Delpit is a guy who they drafted high and for his first few years in the league he did nothing. And then the yep. second half of last year, I felt like he really turned it around and finally played the good football we expected him to play. And I thought he was great in this first game. We've talked about so many players, but and he wasn't he, he's without his running mate because Thornhill's hurt and not playing. Yep. He was all over the place. I thought he played great. What did you think about his game? Yeah, that's one of the better games I've seen Grant Delpit play. And and to your point, when I was talking pregame about the Browns and their secondary, I was talking a lot about their corners. And I was like, the question I have is their safety spot. Because like you said, Delpit's been an unknown. And then you get the news in pregame that Juan Thornhill is out. And so I'm like, oh, wow, you know, that that's trouble when you have these receivers. You need somebody. And, and Grant Delpit made it a, a non-factor. Um, if he re- elevates his game to the way he did this this week, that's what gives me confidence the Browns can be a top 10 defense. And I'll tell you what, if you watch that game, it looked like the Bengals were confused offensively. And the reason you can be confused is if you feel great about your defensive scheme and you have somebody in your back end like Grant Delpit who is running it, people at the right spot, and you're in control. And so that's a key element people don't often realize. You think about the quarterback and the offensive play caller, you need that defensive play caller to be the guy who gets everybody lined up and everybody focused, and Grant did that uh, for sure yesterday. You know, Cam, looking at the AFC, um, there's always – we looked at it as one of the most difficult divisions in the league. There's some there's some shaky starts. Um, guy I'm a little sort of worried about is, is Josh Allen. I was at telling yeah. Bull, I, I said, it just seems he's – He's playing a lot of playground football right now. Like he's, you know, giving a loose and fast with the football. Um, what do you make of the Bills, you know, I guess losing a game that they should have won on the road when Aaron Rodgers is gone for the season? Josh here, Josh Allen loves hero ball, man. That's that's yeah. his game. Like he's the quintessential guy where I don't know if you guys uh ever had, you know, ever had a high school coach or college coach. My coach used to always hate when you ran plays outside of scheme. He's the quintessential, no, 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 no. Oh, crap, it, it worked out guy. Like, he makes so many great plays where he's the decision-making is not right that you almost give him unlimited rope. This was a game where you look on the other side and you say, Aaron Rodgers is out. Let's be conservative. Let's get some points. We get out of here with 20 points. And Josh Allen just could not do it. Uh, he leads the NFL in, in turnovers since he's been in the league. And I think that would surprise some people given that he's considered one of the elite quarterbacks. <clears throat> He just throws the ball to the other team. He's he's a very much a somebody's gonna catch this ball guy, and his his uh, his, his playmaking ability makes up for it. But I would be very concerned if I was the Bills because they I've talked to Brandon Bean, their general manager, about this. They've ta- they've worked with him for multiple years on taking it down, chilling out a little bit. You don't have to be superhero. And week one, here he is being that guy once again. There was a play. On, on third down where he's third and 10 and he's like leaping in the middle of the field between two defenders yeah, and gets yeah. and he ends up six yards short of the first down. I'm yeah, like, what are you doing? Dude? Like, this is week one. You're the starting yeah. quarterback. That was, and that, that's that, that was dumb. In fact, at yeah. one point during the telecast, Buck and Aikman were talking about how they had talked to Allen in the lead up to this game and he had said himself, I, yeah. can't, <laughs> I can't go for the long ball home run downfield yet he can't wash that out of his DNA. You and are who you to are. To me, it almost looks like, you know, I, I'm not ready to say that it's going that far yet, but right now it looks like he's turning into Carson Wentz. 
Nah, I don't. You, uh, I, 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 listen, listen. One game. I know it's one game, but listen. Oh, no. And, 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 hold on. Hold on. Cameron said since he's been in the league, he's led the league in turnovers. And it's not one game. Bowl. Yeah, but he's also top Go. probably five in touchdowns or three Carson, in touchdowns. Carson Wentz was on that trajectory, too. And then all of a sudden, it's like, what Carson the hell Wentz happened Carson Wentz had like three guy? quarters of a great season. Carson this guy's Wentz had four great seasons. It was on pace to be an NFL MVP when he got hurt that year. Yeah, that was I'm just one saying, year. No one is that point. Time in. Cam, no one at that point would have predicted that he was going to fall out. Cam, tell Jason, Jay how crazy he is. Go ahead. <laughs> well, Carson Wentz is a little, a little strong here, but what I will say is a when strong. Carson Wentz. So when Carson Wentz started to go downhill was when he started to get hurt. He was one of the better quarterbacks in the league, like for right. a couple of years. Then he started to get hurt, and all of his skill set didn't translate as he came back. And so that's my worry for Josh. If he starts to slow down athletically and physically because of injuries – then that style of play is going to make him look like the most recent version of Carson Wentz. He's typically the reason the Bills win. Last night, yep. and there were times yeah. last year, where he's yep. the reason they lost, yeah. and he can't become that. Carson, before we let you go, we know that success and failure in the NFL is renewed almost every single week. Coming into this yep. year, if you ask 100 NFL fans, give me the top three in the AFC – I think 95 of them would have had, in, in any order, Kansas City, Buffalo, Cincinnati. All three mm-hmm. racked up L's in week one. I yep. know we always say don't overreact on week one, but right now that's all we have to go on. And I won't ask you to do the new power structure in the AFC because that gets too confusing. But after one week in the AFC North, mm-hmm. what is your pecking order and how is that different from what was coming into the season? I just think it's a lot closer. I still would probably give the Bengals the edge on the division. Sorry, Browns fans, because they've done it. And, and I'm always a believer of you. You got to beat the champ to be the champ. And so I, I don't think that would change based off one game. But I thought the coming in, I thought the Bengals might be heavy favorites in this division compared to what everybody else thought. I just thought there would be maybe three playoff teams. Now I think that that margin looks a lot closer because of what I saw from the Browns defense. And I think the Browns should be – I think that there's a, a, a one still with the Bengals, but I think right there you have the Browns and the Ravens, and I think the Steelers are four. All right. I, um, think I, I can't argue with that. Yeah, Cam, before you go, you lost to Mikey McNuggets and Poole? I mean, how did that happen? <laughs> I'm about to say, I kept seeing that bullet point. No so, baby. So here's the story that was not told. I won the first game uh, that, that played against Ben Baby. Then we played a cutthroat game that I had never played before where if you scratch, you put balls back on the table. And so I felt like I was playing well, but I kept scratching it. So they kept putting their balls back on the table. So I did lose. We did lose. So I got to give them that. Mikey, don't put your balls back on the table. Come on, Mike. That's cheating, and you know it. Especially in public. I didn't put my balls on a table. Cam did. (laughs) Cameron, you're awesome, man. Thanks Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Appreciate you, fellas. He's really good. I like his insight. I like like his style. He's uh, he's very good uh, from the NFL Network, formerly from ESPN. Uh, I know you guys are looking at me like I'm nuts on the on the Josh Allen. Not, thing. No, I, I said you, it. I, I was saying last year. I said this it last guy year. Is, too. Something is wrong with this guy. You know what it is? Brian Dayball is gone. It could be. No, it is. No, I mean, it, it ain't no could. I'm, sure, I'm, sure I'm sure there's something to that. But his problem is that he. And I said, but Brian I said, Dayball I said, isn't in his head when he's deciding to throw into. I said coverage. this in May or June. I said, listen, I'm. I, I sound crazy, but I'm out on Josh Allen. So right you're now. with me then? Yeah, because you're with him on Carson Wentz. No, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> that's ridiculous. But 
what I'm saying is for him, he, he needs help. He needs somebody else as far as a running back or somebody that takes the ball out of his head. Because, no, because he is up to him. He has to make the big play in his mind. If I don't make this big play, we're not going to win no games because I can't just hand the ball off to a running back that's going to do really well. I just well, don't like the way he's playing. Like and, and Carson Wentz <laughs> may be a little strong, but it I, is. I, I'm telling you, I, I had him as the elite quarterback in the AFC with Joe Burrow and with with uh, Mahomes, with Patrick Mahomes, and right now I don't think he belongs in that. He class. had 42 touchdowns last How year. How many interceptions? 20 plus. He had. He, had he led the league. He had a lot of interceptions. He led Bull. the league. They, they said on the broadcast picks. last night. That's a lot of picks. But he had 42 touchdowns. I get that. I get that. But he can't but the year be before, the reason. By the way, the lose. year before that, he threw 15 picks. That's, when they went to the that's you know, Jay, right. they that's said on the broadcast last night he has the most touchdowns ever for a player in his first five seasons. He's also tied with Jared Goff for the most turnovers in that span. So high right. reward, high risk. And, and and that's what I'm saying. He can't be the reason the Bills lose. He is and, and he has been too often. He is no, he's yes. much more often. Last been, night he was clearly he's the reason. Much they lost. more often been the reason they've won than they have. I will much I'll more agree often. with the, that's what I said. He's yeah. he's gotta be the reason they win. He just and, he got to take the what Patty Mahomes had to learn this in, in Tampa Bay did it when they did that too high safety thing and took away the deep ball and Patty stop looking there. He got to learn to do that. Yeah, like I got to kill and you with like the with the short game to open up the to, deep ball. To Buck and Aikman, they said that they had that conversation with them and he readily he knows help I, I got to stop yeah, that because like you got that strong <laughs> arm and I can I and many times in my career. I done zipped it past this dude many times and completed this ball. So Not more. So I think to myself, oh, I could always make that. He throw. got picked by the same still, guy three times. There's still 26 <laughs> to, thir- to 28 teams that would keep, rather have keep, their Keep throwing picks, Josh Allen. What up, yeah. Nuggets? Yeah. Hey, real I'm quick, before you. we get into <laughs> our PFF grade versus eye test experiment, <clears throat> if y'all haven't hit that like button, hit the like button. It's free. If you haven't hit the subscribe button, Hit the subscribe button. It's free. It does a wonders for us on the back end of the YouTube algorithm. So hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. It's two clicks. It's free. It helps us out and helps us get you guys the best Browns, Cavs, and Guardians content on the market. And with that, Jay, well, I wanted to do this last year. We never got to it, and that's a bad job out of me. But we talk about PFF grades all the time. Right. Sometimes we take it as fact. Sometimes we look at it and go, I'm not sure that matched with the eye test. So we're right. going to go through the Browns. About 15 players from the Browns. Some I think we'll agree with. Some I think we're going to vehemently disagree with. So if we agree, we'll run through it pretty quickly. If we disagree, uh, we'll say whether PFF was too harsh or too lenient with the grades. Mike, why don't you give the fans who don't know and don't know what PFF is uh, an idea. I'm sure most of our fans do, but an idea of what a good grade is and what a bad grade is. Because I don't know that all our audience knows that. Yeah, it's out of 100. So a perfect score is obviously 100. For example, last year, Miles Garrett's season grade was 92.5. That was the highest rated defensive player grade in the entire league. If you're 70 or above, you're pretty good. If yeah. you're in the 55 to 69 range, yeah. eh, and if you're below 55, you got some major questions. 80s and hand, 90s so. is, a, is a pro bowler type of player. I, 70s yeah. is good, solid player. 60s is kind of average. 50s is bad, and worse than that is horrible. I look at 60s as Ds. I almost look at it yeah. as the grading scale. Yeah, right, yeah right. it's it's pretty in line. So like, I know that that's a little harsh because yeah. if there's only 92.5 set the, the curve, yeah. you know, that probably yeah, is a little there's, harsh. There's a little curve in but, there. But I just I slide it down a little bit. But yeah. to me, anything anything in the 50s, yeah. I'm, yeah. Concerned. <laughs> I'm concerned. Bottom line, 
higher score better, lower yes. score worse. Easy to easy to. Put All right, let's start way. with the quarterback then. Deshaun Watson scored two <laughs> touchdowns, had an interception. He graded out according to PFF with a sixty-six point eight, which is about. I think that's about fair. That's yeah, like, I'm about to say that's that a is. little above that. Now, what was just his passing grade? Do you have that? If you give me one sec, I'll pull it up. Because I think his running probably oh, his, boosted it, that. His passing grade is going to be in the low 50s. Low fo- fo- high 40s. He did turn it around and completed more than 50% of his passes. He was better in the second half. No, he was 63.1 passing, yeah. 66.9 rushing. Okay. Now, wait a minute. How can that be if he was 63? Because it, it doesn't average out exactly. It's more passing plays that get graded. It's, it's weighed per Yeah, but that doesn't not. make any sense. Because, no, it doesn't make any sense. Because this is closer to his running grade than his passing it's grade. It's almost exactly his running Once grade. Once again, I, this so is PFF, it's, it's almost me. as if they washed <laughs> out his 63 passing grade. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't, know, how, I don't, I don't know the not system. Not my grade. It's, it's a pretty fair grade. They, they I, <laughs> I think it's fair. We both said he was a D. No, C, C. Oh, no, no. thrower. His throwing game throw was, was a D. D. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But he was brought up to a, a C, C because right. his run game was a B. Right. So that's – I look at a 66.8 as a D, as a C plus, but that's the, fine. The I got news, him at a C. The good news with his passing game is he knew where to go with the ball. He just didn't make the throw. Well, that's half of the yeah, – yeah, No, yeah, half of yeah, it is knowing yeah, where to go. Yeah. <laughs> he, so, at least he he's made the right ahead of Josh Allen. Okay. Uh, but yeah. can, can we get Josh Allen's arm on that body? Now, no, I'll, I'll, t- I'll say this. <laughs> Josh I, Allen would have made the I would, I would have been more alarmed if Joe Burrow came out and threw for 300. Oh, yeah. For sure. Right, I would too. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, that's a great point. If he had threw for 300, I would have been like, oh, well – what was your excuse? Everything we saw has to be graded on a curve. The weather, the weather played a fact. There was another yeah. weather game that the quarterbacks didn't play well. And, and by the way, um, um, something that Cameron a, said. We talked about this <coughs> yesterday. Cameron yeah. said that Zach Taylor said that's the biggest rain game he's ever coached in. We had said yesterday we didn't know what kind of yeah. weather that Joe Burrow had played in, but he certainly had played in yeah. other rainy days. This was the worst rain game that Joe Burrow has played in. Yeah, I guess so. At least as a pro. For comparison's sake, Josh Allen yesterday a forty nine point one PFF. Oh, uh, hold on, uh, 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 the turnovers. Uh, kill according your PFF to uh, Curtis uh, uh, Olavi, um, PFF on their website says ninety is elite, eighty is good, seventy is above average, sixty is average, fifty is below average, forty is poor, and thirty is very poor. Isn't that what we said? Well, uh, ninety we is elite. So. If yeah. you're anywhere in the 90s, is elite. So yeah. it, it's there a, is a Browns player who graded yeah. in the 90s this week. Yeah. So we'll get little, to him at some. Martin, do we want to right now guess who that was? Martin Emerson. Take a very quick guess because we got a bunch of these. <laughs> I'd to say get Nick through. Chubb. Well, Nick Chubb's next. It's not Nick Chubb. Nick wow. Chubb was the highest graded either, offensive player for the Browns. Okay. 76.6. Martin Emerson or Grant Dale Pitt is my two guesses. One yeah. of those is correct. We'll find out when we get to the defense. Dale Pitt. Nick Chubb, 76.6, highest graded player. He had a 58.9 pass block grade, which brought his okay. That's what so, knocks him yeah, down. that's what brings him. And down. that's something we're not paying attention. No, to. we don't. Yeah. I mean, we look at it. We know that yeah. he, that is what it is. He if a guy the, gets blown up on a play, you notice it. But, yeah, and he doesn't get blown up, but there are times yeah. that he doesn't completely handle his guy. He's not a great so. pass blocker. Not the I best. Mean, at least I, he no. wasn't this week. I, mean, I don't think no running back is a great pass blocker on a defensive lineman. Oh, okay. I mean, hell, I'm about to say. I'm about to say. I know. I know a dude. I know a dude who at Ohio State that was the best pass blocker I've ever seen in my life. Who? His name is Ezekiel yeah, Elliott. Zeke. Zeke Although he's not Zeke never lost. He's not good as a center. Not as a center. That you, no, no, no. I don't think you can. He learned that <laughs> snapping the ball and blocking is not a whole different thing. So we're, all, we're all good with Nick Chubb. Drop kick. Pretty, pretty on par. Okay, yeah, next up. I would have graded him higher. Yeah. I, just, just for the record, I would have graded him yeah. higher. 
Jerome Ford had 15 carries. He had a 51.5. Yeah, he was lousy. PFF. He, he that's, fumbled that's that fair. ball, and that kind he of looked, He looked pretty of... useless in this game. It's one yeah. game, but no, 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 no. I wouldn't nice say run. that. He, he had, had, a, nice he had a couple of decent decent runs. My nice opinion, runs. he looked useless. I can see. I can see the burst. He got a burst to him. he got a little burst to him when he hit that one really nice run where we did see the burst. I thought he looked hesitant. He just fumbled that ball. That's the bad. Well, that's other than that. Turnovers kill your PFF That's no doubt. Jay, when you cut it. How was the play, yeah. Mrs. Lincoln? <laughs> and, and the best is blocking went crazy either. No. Well, I don't think nobody. So we're all good with that? Yeah, that's, yeah. Fair. that's fair. Amari Cooper, the highest graded receiver for the Browns, a 70.3 PFF grade. I feel About like, he, right, too I high, feel like too he didn't really do a lot. They're basing that on like his – how do they base that? I don't know. Like – I don't pay. I only pay attention to PFF for the linemen. That's it. Offense and defense. Because linemen. because our eyes, we can judge what the other yeah. guys are doing. I would agree with that. I, you know, <coughs> I don't know. If he, I guess if he if he wins the route, but the ball doesn't get thrown to him, then it counts as a positive grade. But the, the only problem I have with PFF, and I love it and I use it, is they don't know the play call. True. They don't know what a guy's supposed to do so, on a play. So here, here's the thing. So say for instance, Tyvis, right? Mm-hmm. If Tyvis played in the league, right? I did. And they go three receivers to the right side. There's only so many combinations they can have. Mm-hmm. And generally speaking, those combinations stay true based on if that guy ran, if number two ran this, number one was going to probably run this. Correct. So usually they can tell you what the route was supposed to be based on the coverage and kind of based on what the route combination is. That's mm-hmm. how they guess now, is it going right. to be perfect? It's a get, right. No. That's true. It's a guess. Tyvis, you've played it. You've looked at these PFF grades. How much stock should we put into these grades? Not a lot. I mean, it's. It, I think it's good for linemen because it is hard to judge alignments yeah. from now, but everything else is an eye test. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. Because it, and it's hard because you don't know the assignment of certain certain people. Like the one game that I played, the Oakland versus San Fran game, I did everything. 100% correct, and I graded somewhere in the 60s, and I think that's absurd. Yeah. That was absurd like, that I graded. Yeah. Like, an, even an offensive lineman, like if I'm the left tackle and the play is for the tight end to chip the pass rusher and he doesn't do his job, so I get boat raced, well, I'm going to take up the blame for that in the PFF grade. Yeah, you are. Yeah, he I think there are though. flaws in it for yeah. sure. Yeah. It, but it, it's, it's, it's something good. to talk it's, about. It has fun. value. Now, McNuggets tells me that the defense is where things really get interesting oh, with boy. these grades. Yeah, so we're going to run through the last couple offensive players, then we'll get to the defense. Go ahead. Uh, Wyatt Teller, who we singled out yesterday, mm-hmm. Jason did a whole expose on how his block was kind of the key on the Deshaun Watson touchdown run. Right. He graded out with a 65 and a half. That felt a little low to me just looking at it. Yeah. I didn't feel like he got beat or anything, and he did spring a nice block. If, if you give up – up front, see, it's different. Mm. Up front, if you give up a pressure, that counts. Yeah. yeah. Up, up front, if, if if your guy, you know, spills off late and gets a piece of a tackle. That's the case. That's – that you get hit on that too. The offensive line is difficult because you, you're graded on just basically, all right, it's these dudes nullified or not. Yeah, if they get pressured, are they in the backfield? If they, if you take a step or right. you, it, you know, so they knock you in it. So here's the thing: when you when you play in a running game, the running game is always going to have lower numbers. When I played offensive line, it's it's more difficult because there's more room for error. When you saying, okay, I'm supposed to double team this guy to the backside linebacker. Well, you can have a great job on a double team, right? And then you go to get to the outside linebacker, and he just beats you to the spot. Right. Well, then you get a markdown because you were supposed to get that guy, and you didn't. So it's difficult. On pass pro, 
it's, hey, did I dominate my guy or not? Did I give up a pressure? So it's easier to grade it on a pass game rather than a run game. Browns ran a lot. It was raining a lot. So we don't know exactly what his assignment was past his initial, I guess, initial contact up front. Right. Joel Batonio graded out at a 76. He was the wow. highest graded offensive lineman for the Browns. The two tackles, does. though, are where I want to focus before we switch to the defense. Dewan Jones yeah, in his limited playing this. time. I want to see it. 49.7. Oh, damn. Mm. Once again, these are PFF grades. This is not McNuggets no, grades. I these know, are but PFF it's all we grades. have. It's all we have. It's so funny because, like, we're watching the game. We're like, wow, it seems like he did a good job. Well, they never called his name. Jason said yesterday that he the checked was around concerned. in the locker room, yeah. and there are guys and uh, in key positions that are concerned about this. Yeah. And so they were. They. they well, I was concerned that the Browns wasted a boatload of money on Jack Conklin. <clears throat> yeah, that's a bigger <clears throat> concern. But that, that horse but anyway, is out of the yeah, barn. that's not great. Well, I will say, you know, the thing when I the only thing that I kind of was a little alarming to me. But it's not nothing to be big worried about. Is that they did when he came into the game, they did try to run the ball to the right a, num- a number of times. Yeah, and there really wasn't no push from that offensive line. Well, right yeah, side. and that's a great couple real times quick. I'm thinking of. They ran to the short side, right side. Yeah. The next play, they called the same thing, and there was nothing there again. And yeah. Chubb decided to Pure cut it back, back yeah. and made a nice game. So and PFF for the record, Jawan Jones' pass blocking grade. 77.8. Okay. His run block grade, 38.4. Yeah, see, that's wow. what I'm saying. The run, I did notice him in yeah. the run because he's okay. so big. And I'm like, if he's that big, why can't they? They should be able to just run to his side. Let's focus yeah. on the pass block grade for a second. Well, that's that weird. is very impressive. Very, very good pass block yeah. grade. Mm-hmm. And that's what 80s. we really want here. I mean, obviously, you've got a guy, Nick Chubb, that can erase a lot of mistakes by linemen. That's because true. Because so often, you'll see it. Nick starts to the hole and says, no, no, not there. Put his foot in the dirt and cut it back against mm. the grain. And that's when he's, to me, at his yeah. most dangerous. Well, nobody's a better decision maker at the running back position. I, I agree with that. There's a lot to be said. You know, when you come in and you're a player, right? You say, okay, if you, you're in the second unit. How many times does he play with the first unit, guys? Because usually what happens if you play, they, they, they put you in tandems. They got the inside run, which is the center and the two guards. Mm-hmm. Outside, they got the tackle, tight end, and uh, tackle, tight end, and the guard. And, the guard, yeah. and so what you work in is combinations, okay? How do I know when I, I can feel when you got this guy, if I'm helping you, yeah. and I could go to the next level? Yeah. Like, how is do some I, of that just innate feel, or it, some of it you can it, learn it, as you It's go? reps. It's yeah, reps. It's, you got to have that chemistry You got to have chemistry. You got to. That's why offensive linemen so do we'll everything together. So we'll cut him some together. slack on that. I mean, he, this is a new still, thing. But still, it's, as big as he is, as strong as he is, like... Nick, he should get some push. What, 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 like, what he should do, and what you, Wyatt Teller, say you would think. What yeah. Wyatt Teller would tell him is, look, if you if you are mistaken and you don't know, find somebody and yeah. put them on the ground. Well, right, I mean, right. that's and in the same breath, it's like Wyatt Teller can't go to the next level right. until I know until you I, got right. it. Right. I can't exactly. leave you. Exactly. So what it's doing is, if he's getting beat or getting or they getting pushed back. Yeah. Wyatt Teller is stuck on this double right. team, and, and now it. it's stopped right there. Now Nick Chubb is stopping I, and cutting back. I want to say go Jed there. Wills before. I know we got to And get that is defense. next. Yeah. Jed Wills, Dewan Jones had a 49.7. He was not the lowest graded tackle, according no. to PFF on not the Browns. That honor belonged to Jed Wills, who graded out at a 44.3. Well, I mean, His splits, a 58.1 pass block grade, a 36.6 run block grade. That's even worse. And yes, it, and yes, our run game that's was bad. exceptional. That's bad. And, and, and that's why I keep saying to a lot of people, you hit on it. It's a lot of this stuff is just Nick Chubb. Yes. 
It's a lot of uh, you it know, is. His nickname should be the eraser. Well, well the middle three do their job, but I, I mean, but when you but when, when there's nothing there, how many very, times very have we well. seen Chubb yeah, stop at the line and he just says no, there's nothing there, and he does it like you said, yeah. at warp speed. He's a great decision maker, and he'll just cut back against the grain. And how many times have we seen him take that for long distances? <laughs> he makes up for. You said his yeah. run grade is what? Thirty. I mean, think about that. Both of, both of their tackles <laughs> had thirty run grades, and Nick Chubb had a had a had average a second. five point nine yards per carry. What he finished second this week are in you, rushing yards? Are you insane? Are you insinuating that they should give him his sixteen million next year? No. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The, 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 but I'd find a way to here, renegotiate. He'll get a lot of money here, next year. Maybe not get that number, but he's going to get a lot here, of money. Here's guys. the problem I got. Here's the problem I got. We got selective morality when we talk about stuff. Like, seriously, like, I mean, his grades have been in that, that way three years. I love Jason to death. Jason is absurd if he calls him average. I know, keep saying He's that. He's absurd. I don't know if him, him and Jason got a, a three-team parlay going. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, I'm they, with they, you. I'm confused because I'm not, I'm not, I mean, DeWan Jones, we talked about him, like, not knowing where he's going to go. He ha- he's a rookie who has not getting first-team well, reps, and they put him in. How can you not outplay the rookie? Wait a and minute. He, wait, 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 Henderson. Okay. Well, that has something okay, to do with it. Okay, so, like, don't do that now. Yeah, I mean, no, Sam that, Hubbard don't, ain't don't garbage. But Sam Hubbard ain't who, garbage. Who, who you taking? Go Bucks, too, Sam. I love you to death. Who you taking? Henderson, of course. Okay, so so don't act like. But that, but that's the job, though. I get that. No, you're that's right. That's why the left you're hand is making more money than the you're right You're 100% hand. correct by that, but I'm just saying. Kendrick Wills is not good enough at his job. <laughs> bottom line. And, and All right, let's get to the defense, because that's that's where Mikey tells us that we're going to be shot. Yeah, so we're gonna get we're gonna get the obvious ones out the way real quick. Of all, right. all the Browns players, twenty three got snaps on defense. Probably Miles Garrett. Only three graded under a fifty. Only three. This I don't wow. have a graph. This just real quick. Calvin I didn't think Thomas. So right now, guess who didn't grade? Guess who graded the lowest of everyone? We don't have defense. time to guess, Mike. Show us, Jordan. Well, I don't. I don't have a graph. I, <laughs> I was gonna but, say Jordan no, Elliott. Jordan it <laughs> is Jordan Elliott. He graded out at thirty nine point one. He's trash. Okay. We've known that for a while. Let's start with Grant <laughs> Delpit. The guy Tyvis predicted would have a That's nine. Oh, wow. Hey, 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 I'll give it to you. I'll you love, baby. I'll give you that. Hey, I was already hey, knowing. He played his tail off. No, he did. He, he, he was, was gut. He was covering. He looked like one of those safeties that, like, was like the AFC North safeties. Like, it, the, he was just everywhere. He, knocking the football down. He wasn't giving. No, no yak yards. I, that was the most impressive no. thing. Well, yeah, you're right. Any you're right. I mean, yeah, so few questions. But yeah. when the, when the receiver caught the ball, with one exception, he was dropped where he caught it within a yard or two. He well, played I, great. He seemed like he was all over the place, and that great does. Uh, well, I told y'all coming into this season, he was the guy that – 
I was worried about them. Not worried about, but I wanted to see because it's a contract year. And when you think about Jim Swartz with the Eagles, who did he have? Malcolm Jenkins. Malcolm yeah. Jenkins was the best safety he's ever coached. He would yeah. tell you. So I said, if that's the case, Dale Pitt has to be that for the Browns. He has to be able to blitz. He has to be able to cover. And it's not just tight ends. You got to be able to cover <laughs> wide receivers. Dale Pitt, you keep you keep playing like this. You better go in there. And you talk to Andrew Barry. You put a suit on and you tell him you want that high paid. He's number. gonna get paid, not by the Browns, but hey, I don't know. Uh, I listen, not. I hope he doesn't leave. I need that. If yeah. you gonna play like this, I did. You, you go in there. You you, you you call your paying. They can't afford to pay. You play. You can tell you to grade out like this, and you make plays where you effective on blitzes. You can cover number one or two receivers and actually be effective, and you stone in runners. Tell him to pay you. Nice job. One, one, get, one, uh, one. Let's get through this season before we worry about his paycheck. I right, said you got to do it for sixteen games, sixteen more games. So I'm just to tell you guys: Darius Smith, ninety point five PFF grade. Wow. Jeez. Miles Garrett, eighty nine point nine. So those guys both phenomenal. They yeah. look phenomenal. So Smith, and then wait, they were Smith graded higher on, than than, than by, Miles Garrett by point six percent. Wow. Yes. So let's go to the next impressive. one. Like we'll start with the DBs. Greg Newsom graded out a 79.8 grade. Does that Very check good. out? That's I like that. That's, yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. That's, that's 80. I, like I would have thought it would be a little bit higher than that, though. For him to be in the that's slot, excellent. you I know, mean, we'll him, take it. He's, I think the exact number is irrelevant. It's just in the ballpark that it is. Yeah. But, you know, they tell for, me not, for, for a guy that just good. learned that's the really nickel good. position last year, he's still getting accustomed to it, and he was still making plays. He had a, he had a nice PBU that it I was. loved. I was like, that was great. So he he's getting accustomed to it. I, I think we got the wrong number jersey on him though. That's last year's picture. Definitely is. Hey, look, hey, he we need to update that to I ain't got no Let's problem go. with Zero. none of them DBs. None All of right. them. So we had that. Next up, Steve, we're going from Newsom to Denzel Ward. Denzel Ward Higher. graded out at a 56. Ooh, that wow. seems crazy to me. That, that seems a, crazy. That's absurd. Wow. Did he miss some tackles? That's absurd. He had a pass interference one time. Um, yeah, what's the breakdown of his grade? He Mike? did get his ankles broken on on the uh, on the big run by Mixon. Was that was that the play that he he looked like he committed the wrong way? Yeah, he looked like he was. There was a play where I fought, felt he should have made an open field tackle, and he got he got he got dinged, dinged in PFF for his tackling. He had a fifty five point four run defensive grade, a forty four point two tackling grade and a 57.8 coverage grade. I'm not I'm not I don't worry about the tackling. I'm not yeah. You got to tackle nobody. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we, is, got, we got boys for that. This is a guy. Dude. This is a guy that just came off a of concussion so cool that, that. that that's on his mind. We cool, uh, you don't we, want to put your face hey, in too much. I ain't buying what they're selling. As on the him. season goes he, on, he got to. That. I'm not I'm uh, not here. He no he will, but we need we No, I don't agree with the grade. I'm saying I thought he played way better than that. I agree. And I trust I'm trusting my eyes over the stupid PFF grade. Yeah, two more. Denzel, you you good, bro. <laughs> Two more before we bring time. in our favorite Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com. How about Martin There's Emerson Jr.? a lot of Mary Jr. Kay Cabots out there, but she's our favorite one. <laughs> no, the one of Cleveland.com who covers the Browns is by far our favorite MKC in the world. But yeah. Martin Emerson Jr., targeted six times. I would say one catch. Mid to think? high 80s. Steve? What does PFF say? Fraud. Oh, that's a fraud God. grade. Cut Come it off. On. I'm done with done it. With it. I'm done, done with it. Yeah, I have bring, bring in Mary Kay. I'm done with great it. Great last year. <laughs> I'm done with it. I'll take, I'll There's it. that's that's hey, absurd. Hey, if they that's a, he had, he, I'll take them 62s <laughs> anytime. <laughs> they gonna keep playing like that. Give me the 62s. <laughs> you know when the teacher hands the test back and you see the 62 and you're like, well that sucks. And then they put the the bell curve on right. the board. Yeah. And you find out that the A grade is anything above 60. Yeah. Like oh okay, I'll take it. The smartest girl in the class got it. 
68.6, and you're like, oh, yeah, we're going to grade this on the curve. I mean, he was one curve. of the big reasons that Joe Burrow threw for a career-low 82 yards, yeah, and you're going to hey, do him like that? Cut it out. He was running around. I'm done. telling you, PFF. Yeah, we we he was, done. He was what was Joe Burrow's for? grade, a four? It had to be the lowest. <laughs> I'll look up Joe Burrow's. We have one more before we bring on Mary Kay. Now nah, we're done. Uh, JOK, real quick. I thought JOK played a pretty solid game. It was over, made some plays. Yeah. Only grade out is a 51.9. Yeah, that's absurd. You thought he played well? What was McLeod? Yeah, he played well. Uh, Joe Burrow's grade. Well, I pull it up. Joe Burrow. Two. I'm scrolling down. Uh, a 43. Yeah, that's bad. I thought it, Well, he didn't have turnovers. That's why it's not even lower. Yeah. That was the only thing he didn't do. And defensively for the Bengals, Jermaine Pratt graded out the highest. Oh, he I'm was, sure he, he did. Nowhere near God, anyone on the Browns. My goodness. Just running and around. And with that... We have officially debunked PFF grades as scripture. Sometimes your eye test tells you a little bit better. And before we bring on our favorite Mary Kay Cabot, I want to let you guys know that Behind the Glass is coming back this week to dissect the Browns' win over the Bengals. Preview the Browns' Week 2 matchup with the Steelers and get you caught up on everything else you need to know around the NFL. It is myself, it is Anthony, it is Earl the Pearl talking all things Browns and Cleveland sports. The next episode of Behind the Glass will debut at some point this week. we got to figure out the time. We have not finalized that yet, but we are back again for another episode. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.